Welcome to Minute Talks with Desi Schneider again. I have a message today and it's really a message of great encouragement of the faithfulness of God, of the possibility of God, the opportunity of God in our lives being so grand and so great. Let's say that again, of the opportunity that God has in our life to be so great to be so awesome, to be so grand, to be so without boundary and without without a limit. An opportunity that we can give God today to fully express himself through us with no limit, with no fail, with no failure, with no fail. And so my title is God Without Fail. God Without Fail. For all things to come to pass in our life, all things being the things that the Lord has ordained for us to walk in, for the spheres of influence that we are to mark for the Lord Jesus Christ and expansion of His kingdom, all the moments of revelation that he has laid up for us, they are, they are and will be without fail in accordance to the state of our heart to allow him an expression of love. An expression of the love of God, who God is, who is love. A full expression of his love towards us, through us, looks like no failure. Because God is love and love does not fail. And so God without fail looks like it will be from God, of God, and by God. It looks like from love, of love, and through love. And so when you look at your life today, do not be mesmerized by yourself. Do not be mesmerized by that which communicates failure within yourself. Because you at that moment have taken the wrong focus, which we call care. So God without fail is when you come back to the reality of whose you are. You come back to the moment that you are born of God who is love. And because you're born of God, you're a child of God and who God is love and love does not fail. And therefore, as 1 John tells us, because we're born of God, we have already overcome the world. Yes, because love never fails. So all the failure in the world has already been overcome in Christ, through Christ, who is the very love of God. I'm not trying to trick you up with words here. But really to make you ponder that that which you meditate, that which you focus on is what you are actually walking out. So you can't have a little private moment of pity that no one sees. You really can't have a little private moment of anxiousness of mind that you're not going to tell anyone. Because we'll all find out. 
Because when you're meditating the world, the state of the affairs of the world, whether it is your carnal life, you moving from point A to point B in the world with your effort to be a little success for God. At that moment, you have actually taken the care and you've lost focus of God who is love, who is without failure. So if, if we're not in a state of a cheer, what does that look like? a state of confidence in God, then we have to know for sure that we have taken on a focus that is not love. Because God is love and love does not fail. And we are born of God. That's why it's so important to know that you are of God now. That you are a child of God. I don't just say it to keep repeating myself. I say it because this is the victory that has overcome the world. My faith that I'm a child of God. A child of love. And love does not fail. Therefore, because I'm his child, I will not fail. Yes, as audacious as that sounds, that is the truth. That in God is no failure. But he also says that also to those who believe, who are of faith, there's no failure. All things are possible. So the choices we make in our understanding, in what I call the meditation of the thoughts of my mind, on that which I think on, that which I ponder when I drive, before I go to bed, the first thought when I wake up, in a moment that seems to be an idle moment, what has engaged your senses? What has captivated your thought process? Guard your heart with all diligence. The meditation, that which you ponder within your heart, that you think on with your mind is really a reflection of the state of your heart, whether it's trustworthy towards God or full of chaos and fear and anxiousness, which is a wayward heart, not lined up with the desire of God for us. And so it's so important. I, it's so important to really reflect within our private moments. What is it that we're mulling over all the time? We know that we are born of God, that we heirs and co-heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we inherit the promises through faith and patience. Because both faith and patience are of love. Because faith works through love, Paul tells that in Galatians and in chapter 5. And we know from Paul's writing again to the Corinthians that patience is love because love is patient. Therefore, that's why there'll be no failure when you approach the promises of God with faith.
faith and patience. With faith and patience. With kindness, which is also love. With a humility of heart, just the opposite of being puffed up, which is of love. Humility is of love. Puffed up is of the world, of your carnal nature that is bound to fail. So the choices that we make in our internal disposition when no one's watching will bring forth an evidence where everyone is watching. And so I go back to the warriors of God. I think of Joshua and David. What were their meditations? Possibility? which equals God, which is faith, or impossibility, which is doubt, which is the world. And we know that Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. They were of the spirit of faith. And we know that David was of faith as well. Because he believed. And as he believed, he spoke. So let's go to Joshua chapter 21. And this is as the land was divided up, the promised land, the promises of God that they had just inherited. The promises of God that really they laid hold of through faith and patience. That's where it to be Joshua and Caleb to go in because they were without failure. And all the others died off in the wilderness of unbelief. They too walked in patience for 40 years in the wrong way. 40 years of a death march because they refused to believe the only trustworthy source of life. Who is truth? Who is God? Who is love? And so in Joshua 21, let's go to verse 43. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers. Everything that he has sworn, blood covenant, in the blood of Christ. New Testament that is based on promises. Better promises based on better covenant. Because it's based on living blood, the living blood of the eternal God. The Lord Jesus Christ. The word that was made flesh. The word that was with God and was God. Was given to us. To seal our conscience. In the righteousness that we have now become in Christ. What that looks like is being possessors of possibility of the plan of God. So all that he swore, he gave to the fathers. And on the basis of that covenant to the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, we have the ultimate fulfillment of the promise of Christ. And the release of the Holy Spirit. So we now be possessors. So we now be possessors 
of the divine nature that we have in Christ. So they took possession of the land that was promised to the fathers and dwelt in it. It is time for us to dwell in this newness of life that we have in Christ. The Lord gave them rest all around, <laughs> the Sabbath day rest of God, that by faith we enter and we appropriate and situate ourselves in this wonderful place of peace. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The devil, where is he in this glory place? The adversary, where is he in this place of rest? Nowhere. Because you've tuned out the world at that moment. When you have set your mind on those things that are above, on the God without fail, on God who is love, you've tuned out all impossibility. Therefore, the enemy has nothing to work with against you. Not an enemy stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands, buddy, right here. Yeah. Dominion. This is dominion. And not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. All came to pass because someone dared believe. Joshua and Caleb. Someone dared believe these promises without fail. And that word, not a word failed of any good thing that the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. That word is the Hebrew 5307, to fall. Not a word fell. There was no idle word. Not a single word of God was cast down. To fall prostrate. To desert. To fall away. To go away. Nothing walked away from the course. By nothing, I mean no word. Walked away from the course that God set it upon. No fail in the word of God. In the good word, the good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. The next moment I want to look at is here in First Chronicles, and it's David, the other warrior of God, who dared believe the Lord, and is the building of the temple, whose temple we are now in Christ. A purchased possession. We're not of our own. Actually, there's a verse I wanted to uh, look on the way to, um, before I touch to what I really wanted to talk about, is in um, 1 Corinthians 29, something we can meditate. And it's verse 2, where it says, The temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. You see, all that we are, an expression of his life, a temple of the Holy Spirit, hosting his divine life within us. It is for God, not for man. It's not for me to fool around with. It's not for me to really use as a 
as an arrogance against someone else for men to see. But it's for God to see. It is for God alone. For the temple is not for men, but for God. And when we have this reverence of whose we are, fashioned and placed together in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we live life in a whole different manner. Because then we recognize our thoughts do matter. Because as we think and as we meditate, we either give glory to God, whose temple we are, or we'll cheapen our life and live for man, whose temple we are not. For the temple of God is for, for God alone and not for man. Anyway, that was a side moment I wanted to share. But here, David speaking to his son in verse 20 of chapter 28. And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. And so looking at the word, he will not leave you. The Lord will not leave you nor forsake you. That word is actually he will not fail you. The new King James is, uh, he'll not leave you, but the King James is, um, he will not fail you. He will not fail you. And that word is the Hebrew 7503. And it is to sink. He will not sink you down. Relax, relax, let drop. His word will not drop you. His word will not drop you and, 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 and let you go on by yourself. His word will uphold you to the very end until the very purpose of God is fulfilled in your life. When you cleave to the word, the word cleaves to you. Another word for this, that he'll not leave you nor forsake you, he'll not fail you, is to withdraw. The Lord will never withdraw himself from you because we know in Hebrews the word says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let's go to the New Testament in Luke 1. And we see it here again with Mary. With Mary. Luke 1, 35. And the angel answered. So Mary has the visitation from the angel. And what does the angel say that uh, the angel tells in verse 30? The angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. This is the plan of God that is being released into her life. The plan really for all humanity. And behold, you are conceiving your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, 
How can this be since I do not know a man? How can this be when all I know is impossibility when I hear the possibility of God? How can it be? How it will be is when you step into the very promise of God by faith. When you only see a plan divine unveiling before you that the Holy Spirit himself will enable you to walk out, that you of yourself can do absolutely nothing outside of impossibility. All you can do in the flesh is an impossibility, a pure fail. But you're not anymore of your own. You are a temple of God. You're unto God now. And as Mary had to come to terms with the plan of God by faith, we do too. And look what the angel says to her in verse 35. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. How will it happen in your life? In the very same manner. An enablement of the Holy Spirit. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then talks about her cousin Elizabeth. Verse 37. For with God nothing will be impossible. For with God nothing will be impossible. The um, New Living translation of that verse is. For the word of God will never fail. The English standard, for nothing will be impossible to God. The NIV, for no word from God will ever fail. Because the word, let me look at the Strong's of Luke 137. For nothing will be impossible with God. That word nothing is actually the word rhema. (laughs) No utterance of God is impossible. No utterance of God comes with failure attached to it. No utterance of God ever fails. It is without fail. And really what enables us to allow the word to prosper is an understanding and a connectivity, a full yieldedness to the love of God. Because the love of God that we are born of now, this new creation life that we have, that avails for God, is on the basis of His love, which, if we take it back to what John says in John 1, is the very word of God <laughs> that is without fail. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, who is his word. And so when you approach the word with a heart fully convinced and persuaded, that this is love. There's no failure. Because as Mary said in verse 38, Mary said, Behold the hen, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be, let it 
be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her and it was exactly as the Lord spoke without fail. As we see how the Israelites inherited the promises of God, that everything that was promised to the fathers was without fail. As we also saw David remind his son that God is without fail. He'll never leave us nor forsake us for we are to be strong because of it. And so today, I trust that you're able to receive strength. It's a little bit longer of a teaching that I normally do, but I felt so impressed to encourage you and I together that this word is without fail. And really, it depends as well on us receiving it without fail, with no buts, no ifs. Don't put your situation above his love for you. Just as Mary said, yes, Lord, let it be unto me according to your love token, this utterance, this rhema. There is a possibility to me because it is your very love to me. Glory be to God. Thank you for coming and joining me in this Dominion Talks with Desi Schneider. Be blessed.